Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is beautiful because it's about giving ourselves permission to rest and also to give ourselves permission to leave the reactive zone we usually live in, you know, going from achievement to achievement and being hypervigilant and in the red zone. So for more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account, georginahudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? I hope you are having a wonderful day. And I love today's topic because it's very hands-on. This week's podcast has been inspired by what my clients tell me and by what happens to me a lot of the time. And it's the feeling of always running and pursuing a new goal. And it is very challenging and difficult to live like that because we put so much energy into achieving one goal after another and then another and then another and so on that it is normal to end up feeling exhausted and without energy. And to separate the wheat from the chaff, I would like to clarify that it is wonderful to have aspirations, ambitions, and a clearer sense of direction as long as we can flow with what we do and we can feel calm in the process. If I'm feeling like my brain is like a tight fist because I'm all contracted, you know, and worried and because I have to do so many things and I am leaning into the future all that much, then I have to reassess how I'm living. So the problem starts when our quality of life is deteriorated or worsened because we can't see that we are doing things correctly and that we can relax and that we are allowed to enjoy ourselves. And this is a big thing, you know. Think about it. How many times has it happened to you? You know, you are so used to working and pushing and doing that when you are suddenly doing things and things are, you know, turning out to be okay, you start feeling uneasy because you don't have the element of pushing and fighting in your life. And so you become scared of things uh, turning upside down. You know, it's crazy, but it is the way it is because we are wired that way. And I'm coming to neuroscience in a minute. So I've got a beautiful example of a client who is self-employed and whose company is doing extremely well. He's very successful. And he told me in session how much he suffers because he keeps thinking that if he gets distracted, his company is going to fall apart. So what is uh, his his reaction? He does and does and does and does as many things as he can and he tries to foresee as much as he can to avoid going bankrupt. But the truth is, his company is highly successful. And what is even truer 
is that he's got all the resourcefulness to tackle any obstacles that might come his way. But today, his company is thriving. And to be honest with you, it will continue to thrive. But he cannot see it because he's so stressed. You know, it's like our brain gets hijacked many, many times. I have another client who is a wonderful person, who's very generous, but he has a very hard time delegating things because he doesn't trust others to do things as well as he does things. So he's always piling up and stacking, you know, activities to do because he cannot tell others, hey, could you help me? Could you please do this? You know, we've got this deadline. Why don't you help me with this and that? And, you know, if you need help, I can always help you. But he's always working. He's like a hamster on a wheel. And I have a lot more examples. And I am, in fact, one of the examples I could give you. And I'm going to give you an example of myself at the end of the podcast. But I am now remembering a client who shared with me how much is doing a lot at work and she's doing a lot of extra hours. Do you know why? Because she doesn't want to worry when she goes on holiday in a few weeks' time. Wow. Like, you know, really, I am inviting you here to put both hands on your chest and your heart center and to breathe and to think and to be honest with yourself. And to see if all this resonates with you. And if it's really worth living like this. And if we have come to this life to live like this. So what is life about? And why do we try to complicate something which is so much simpler and so precious? I insist the qualities my clients have are beautiful. They are very sensitive, beautiful people. It's important to be organized, to be generous, to give to others, to help others with their work and to be dedicated. It is very important as long as I do it from a place of relaxation or as long as I do it from a place of all rightness. And To give you some examples of why it is important to be organized, generous, dedicated and to put a a lot of work into what we do or some work into what we do. Our children, for example, need us to see that we have some order in our schedule so that we can share quality and quantity time with them. My children, for example, are 14 and 11 and they are waiting for me to be able to sit down with them and talk or to go to a coffee shop and share what they have done during the day. And they cherish the times we go out together, really. Or I can, you know, escort them to the activities they have to do. But they know I'm very busy and they rely on my organization to be available for them, you know. So that is important. We need to use our resources in terms of money, time and energy well to have some time to exercise or to go out with our friends. 
And to be completely honest with you, it's normal to spend a lot of energy on what we have to do today so that it pays off in a while. Because we want to reap what we sow. So it's normal to be working on the soil because we want to see what we're going to reap in a few months' time. The complication starts when I only think about the future. The problem starts when I only lean into the future. Instead of being mindful with my day-to-day tasks or working the soil, as I mentioned uh, before, I glamorize, I idealize the rewards I will have in the future or I try to prevent the the disasters that might happen. That's why our brain leans into the future because we are all the time idealizing rewards and preventing disasters. And neuroscience doctor Rick Hansen, who I had the great pleasure to be studying with, you know, he was my teacher, has taught me how our brains are wired to overestimate the pleasure of what we'll gain in the future and the pain of what we could lose. So we are always thinking about future scenarios because there is an overestimation of pleasure and pain I need to avoid. And also the brains are wired so that we value the future as something real, as something that we could read, as if we were fortune tellers. (laughs) When everything that really exists is the here and now, and here and now I'm okay. Here and now all is well. Here and now, this is all I can do. And I relax. I do my best. And then I let go. And I have faith in myself and in the process and in life. And we don't do what I told you Mr. Uh, Hanson mentioned to complicate our lives. Nobody wants to complicate their lives. But in the past, our ancestors needed to get ahead of danger because it was a matter of survival, you know. The first inhabitants of the earth needed to take care, needed to be hypervigilant because an animal could devour them or another tribe could come and kill them. But today we can walk around our cities or, or villages or towns and we can go about work without the threat of an animal eating us. So let's take it in to avoid unnecessary worry. And today I was just talking to one of my clients and his comfort zone is to always fight, fight, fight and give 150% of himself, not 100, which is like a lot, 150, like an impossible level of you know, uh, giving. And what happens, however, when we experience discomfort, like my client, simply because we are doing things very well, but we can't stop either fighting or suffering. So I'm so used to fighting and suffering that when I don't suffer and fight, I feel unwell. So this is what my client was telling me, you know, I have been feeling uneasy because I'm doing things. I have more time than ever. 
But I feel that something bad is going to happen because I'm not fighting, because I'm not doing so much, because I'm not sweating, you know, my T-shirt. You know, I think, yes, it was Winston Churchill who said, we, w we are going to win and we need to shed uh, tears, um, blood, tears and sweat. But I don't remember. But it's not necessary. This is not the Second World War. It's just, you know, questions about work, about managing our daily lives and we can relax. So what can we do when we are used to racing constantly And then we don't know how to stop. So I'm going to share an easy, practical and very effective tool called REST. REST is an acronym whose letters I'm going to explain to you in a second. And you will love this uh, um, a tool to self-regulate. So the R in REST stands for relax. When we are suffering out of worry, excessive thinking, fear, anxiety, you name it, the first thing we must do is pause and calm ourselves down. We all know what calms ourselves down. You know, I need to breathe in and out several times to calm myself down. How are you going to do this? How are we going to do this? We are going to allow ourselves to get out of the situation that is disturbing us, literally or metaphorically. If you are in literally in a place where you feel bad, get out of it. Pause and get out. And sometimes it's you are, you know, mentally worrying so much about the situation, so get out of it. Take a few minutes, you know, even if they had a, a few minutes. Take a deep breath as I do. Change your position. If you are sitting, stand up. Change the activity that you are doing. If you are typing in your computer or writing a report, go to the kitchen, make yourself a cup of tea. Or put both hands on your chest and repeat to yourself, I am safe. I am fine. I'm on my side. I can't stop. I'm open. I'm open to receive. So think. Think of all the times you overwhelmed yourself with the stories that never became true or things that maybe did happen, but you had all the resources and the tools to sort out. Resourcefulness is something that we underestimate and we all have we need to tap into our resourcefulness so r stands for rest e stands for evaluate and the idea is not to engage in long analysis but to check what we feel physically what do i feel do i feel a pain in my chest is do i have like something in my belly do i feel tension in my shoulders do i have a lump at the base of my throat You know, you name it. And then ask yourself, what am I telling myself that is making me suffer? And I always share the story of this therapist of mine, and I haven't been working with her for a long time, but I still remember her because she would let me talk and talk and talk in session. And then suddenly she would stop me and she would ask me a couple of very simple questions. And she said, or she asked me, oh, Is it really so, Georgie? 
<laughs> or maybe she said, you know, I was like telling her something that I felt was dramatic and she said, so what? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I love her, you know. So remember the questions my therapist uh, asked me, is it really so and so what? Those questions have helped me avoid having unnecessary headaches and worry because at the end of the, of the day, I think it all comes down to unnecessary worry. And I'm not saying I don't feel it. <laughs> I'm just sharing all this with you because we are all in this together. So the S of rest stands for set your intention. And this mean, means we will do what calms ourselves down and what brings us to our center in difficult times. We're going to determine and we're going to intend to do all the things that are going to soothe ourselves. And depending on what's going on, you can set bigger intentions. For example, if you relax and you breathe in and then you make a quick evaluation of yourself and you have a pain in, like in your chest, your chest feels uncomfortable and you ask yourself, what am I telling myself? And you discover that you feel used. So maybe your intention is to learn to set boundaries. If your inner critic is very active, maybe it's time you started practicing self-compassion. If you can't delegate, like my client, maybe it's time to reinforce your faith in others and to start to prioritize yourself and to delegate in others. And if you cannot do it on your own, maybe your intention can be to ask for professional help. So then we come to the last letter in the acronym, T. The T stands for take action. In all the previous steps, we have self-soothed and we got in touch with what we needed to do. Now we are going to act on our intention and we are going to move in the direction of our intention Little by little, slowly, responding to our needs and without reacting on impulse. And this is very important because if I want to change something that is disturbing in my life suddenly and altogether, I'm bound to resist the change. And there is a podcast about resistance that I hope you are. Uh, go to if this is the case for you. So start the changes little by little and they are going to be sustainable. And I know this seems like a very long process, but when you get used to relaxing, briefly evaluating your physical and emotional state, setting your intention and taking action, you will be developing a new habit that will be invaluable in difficult times or in times of stress. And I am the first person to raise my hand when it comes to admitting how much I have to learn to give myself permission to get off the doing machine, the, the, the need, how much I need to learn to dedicate to something that lifts my spirits, that is more playful, that is, you know, lighter, and that helps me enjoy life a lot more. Little by little, I'm getting there. I'm working with a coach and it's important to seek help to understand when and where our tendencies started. In my coaching, 
with my coach, I discovered with tears that in order to feel safe and loved from a very young age, I began to be complacent, a good girl, but not always respectful of what I needed. I would think about other people, but never think about myself. So this understanding has served me a lot as an evaluation of what I'm telling myself and what hurts me it would be the second letter in the acronym. And perhaps you believed that to feel worthy, you had to excel at the school and at work, and then you reached adulthood seeking outside approval with all your successes. But how much do you need, how many successes do you need to accumulate to feel worthy? And we can follow this exciting topic in another podcast because we are opening a whole new topic here. I'm leaving you the rest tool, which is marvelous and effective and it helps me a lot and it helps my clients so much. So I thought it was a good time of the year to start practicing rest and start thinking of this right to how we lean into the future so much that we forget the present so instead of living our real lives we are living our imaginary lives because the future doesn't exist so i hope i have shared with you what my neuroscience teacher taught me you know, the, the reasons why we lean into the future. And I also hope we can break that pattern. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. I loved it because I love hands-on podcasts. If you know someone who can benefit from it, forward this to them and invite them to subscribe. We also appreciate your recommendation and evaluation on any of the platforms that you are listening to us because this motivates us to continue offering this free material bi-weekly and also the number of people we are helping week after week is phenomenal so we're really loving the trip so for the time being i'm sending you a big big hug and until next podcast